rolling with Chemist Warehouse. Let's push! Give me some! Let's go! Never fold! Ten toes down, baby! You know who it is. I'm trying to be like you, mother. Shush. It's too late to turn back now. <laughs> the Morning Shift. Powered by you know Media. I got, I got, I got, I got. Good morning, good evening, and everything in between. This is the last one before we back on the 15th, fam. But we here for our morning shift. And from our misters to our sisters, we back for another show. Just in case you missed us. <laughs> Do the dishes. So powered by you know media. Who's already back at work? I'm still broke. I'm still broke. <laughs> we ain't got no place. Go straight. We're covered like a round sundress. Welcome to officially the number one show. If you call down under your home, or if you don't, welcome to new media, the people's media. Let's go. Chucking a people's elbow right in your face. To the fight. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more, take your shoes off at the door. Everything you want, nothing you don't. Real people, real talk. That's it. And if we ain't number one in the charts, hopefully we number one in your heart. Let's get it, get it. Hey, we need to bring it down. We need to bring it down here because this is about life lessons today. This is this is the... I don't know how we said anything wise last year, but apparently this is a little compilation of the... Oh, don't play up. Oh, don't don't you play that. Don't you play the up music because I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. This is wisdom built from our personal experiences and lessons that we have learned uh, allowing knowledge to be shared to hopefully help at least one shifter. We hope it helps you. Do you reckon we'll bring more knowledge in 2024? Do you reckon they know I that? I peaked. Do you reckon they know that as we try to help them, we're really just selfishly trying to help ourselves? <laughs> and, it's just a, and it's just a form of therapy? It is. It's so much cheaper. <laughs> and the dopamine hits that we cheat and we get from people messaging us saying how much we've helped them, but really we're just trying to help ourselves <laughs> because we're all in this together. Stop it, Jordan. I'm naked. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a life lesson we need, man. It's- uh, we love you, shifters. And if this helps even just one, me, those ones we did our job. <laughs> we're back on the. We're just using you to try and get to heaven. Okay, that's really it. Because we're in hell. No, we're not. Love you. Farmers box. Found it. Got it. That is farmers box. Affordable fruit and veggie. Got you. Do you get to it through the week? Like, is it affordable enough? or is it just sixty the bucks? I'm telling you, Mark, you get well, so much. I've go got to way a, too a many mandarins. To a, you know, you've got to deal True. with randoms in a supermarket. You've got High to quality. Take the, the stuff back to your car. Could this be the answer to the monopoly or duopoly that is the supermarkets right now? Is buying our food from individual like places like this? Showed up on the same day. Farmers box. Yeah, I think supermarkets get a hard rap sometimes. You know. Oh, mm. Okay. Of course you do. <laughs> hey. Um, we've got to take petrol, the other vendors, everything's rising. That's so, not, you know, yeah. sorry, sorry. Handbrake. Let's slow it down for a second. This message came through. Now, the thing about us is we're never going to say that we have the answers. We know everything. But if we can help in some way, shape or form, Facts. then, hey, man, we'll, we'll try our best. Now, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but this message came through and it's talking about co-parenting. So any co-parents out there as well. Message reads, four months ago, I found out that my partner and I were expecting a baby. My first, her second. I've always wanted to be a dad and couldn't be happier with the news. was a bit of a shock and has been back and forth for a while, but we've gone to the point now where it's looking like we're going to go our separate ways. I'm really struggling with the idea of being, of not being, excuse me, they're 100% for my baby as I always wanted to be a hands-on dad and not miss out on any of the good bits. Not trying to be those guys, but I always see how amazing you boys are being co- I see what you Thank you, brother. Uh, just after some advice on how to cope with the fear of missing out, on the new experience and seeing my baby grow. 
I always wanted to be there as much as possible, but struggling to envision co-parenting. Before we answer, can we just also just remember we're answering only to the context that we know it's been written. You know what I mean? And our experiences, our lived yeah. experiences. I'll, I'll start. Yeah, I'm, I have no problem starting. I understand. I'm in a very lucky situation. Our breakup that I had was obviously the, one of the hardest things I've ever been through, but it's been smooth sailing. And the reason that co-parenting has worked for us is because it's not about us. The shift of narratives quickly became everything becomes around winter. And that's the first point of call. And I don't think we've had any issues because both of us are on the clear understanding that this isn't about us now. This is about winter. And we both want to be in winter's life as much as possible. Now, I understand that's such an easy thing to say when, quote unquote, the breakup went easy or went well. But I think if we all remember at the end of the day, it's not about the parents. It's not about mum and dad at this point. I get it's going to be hard, but the first point of call it needs to be that baby. So that that that's where I stand on it. You just got to put your best forward, uh, your best foot forward. Uh, maybe pride aside, understand what's going on. But that baby that you are bringing to the earth, that you're bringing onto God's green earth, that is the first point of call, and that's where the energy needs to be directed. That's my stand on this. Yeah, hundred percent. That's bright, yeah. It's a bit foreign for me because I, yeah. It, what I do know from my lived experience is we do get caught up in the idea of the ideal in terms of how it should all happen, a relationship. You know, you go dating, have this relationship, someone asks someone to marry them, they get married, they have kids, the white picket fence, all that perfect stuff that we used to see back in the movies, back mm -hmm. in the 80s, back in the 90s and 80s. It's so different in everyone's lived experience as well. Like what the ideal is for you, if the right thing to do for both of you is to break up and to somehow work out how to co-parent, then that's the right thing for you guys. Mm -hmm. Don't be swayed either other way. So long as, yeah, as Brooke mentions, the, the number one thing and the number one priority needs to be the child and making sure everyone's, you know, getting in there. So I can only imagine how tough that is. And I wish you all the very best from my lived experience. Thanks. Your situation is perfect for you and you'll work your way through it in the perfect way. Yeah, just to add both, I don't know if I need to add, but I just want to say that, you know, we can say that um, when the child's at the center, um, good things can happen, obviously, but people are in different situations and I don't, we don't know the situation. And sometimes there's very varying ideas about the child actually being at the center and um, based on varying between each parent. Sometimes a parent says you in their lives isn't putting the child at the center. So there's there's a lot Some of different variables. scenarios here, right? We can't speak to all of them. What I do want to say is in the varying examples that I've seen in my life through family, through friends that have been going through co-parenting, the idea of the best brook you can lay a day as a father, as a parent, from what I have seen and heard and and see play out is the best way you're going to have times where it seems horrific you, you, you know you're not on the same page at all mm -hmm. you're so veering but if you can control your emotions if you can understand look i'm not getting maybe what i want now i keep laying a brick a day all of those bricks lay up and i keep making good choices and i keep showing that you know 
I really am it. I, it just the way I see it, it just always plays out. Mm. It just, unfortunately, sometimes it takes so long. But just like lay the best brick you can, you can lay a day with your child. You know? and, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, that's also been my experience. You know, we're lucky. We've had great experience of co-parenting. You know, mm. but yeah, hope they help oh, someone. Hope they help someone, but. Yeah, what Strange a tough too. search. What a tough search, bro. Strange too in the world where you know it's all about instant satisfaction, as Jordan mm. says. This is a long game, kids. Yeah. Fano's long game. That's an absolute yeah. long game. And, anyway. the, and the hardest thing is that men we struggle to have vision for ourselves ahead of just the now. And I, I just want to say, if you're going through this, please allow us to give you a hug right now and encourage you. Just keep laying Man, the best brick you can. Show up and show out. One brick at a time. It's going to be okay. A little wee clip that I found, which uh, I think I think a lot of men can relate to especially, and I think it's a good insider for anyone who's listening who may not. When do you become a man? When you get a driver's license? Like, what do we do? you 16, we give you a driver's oh, license. Okay, well, wait, like, you get a job? Mm-hmm. When do you become a man? You become a man when you become responsible for other people. So, like, I am very new to this being a man thing, <laughs> and I'm still not there, and I'm on a path. Um, but I didn't have no, like... I grew up on a, in a culture that told me going to war made you a man. Getting a million dollars makes you a man, you know, and, and it doesn't. Mm, interesting. I found that really interesting because it made me think of something that I've never really stopped to think about. And that is, when do you, when do you really like consider yourself becoming a man? I know we have certain dates in our in our calendar that, you know, you can get your learner's license. At I can the vote of, today. Yeah, I can vote. All those kinds of things sort of signify independence and signify you sort of walking on your own two feet. But when is it that you actually do really feel like you are or have become a man? Isn't that point alone interesting on the fact that he said that they become a man and he's talking about America when they go to war or they make a million bucks? Yes, and that was Shayla Booth. Sorry, I forgot to... Our first thing is when you get your driver's license or when you can vote. Just how you frame or how you look at something so different, depending on the geography of where you are. I feel like it's when you can win an arm wrestle with someone bigger than you, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, do we really, are we really like, I mean, Kiwi culture, let's just talk about it. So it ain't when you get your license, like, I mean, they tell you, like, you're kind of growing up, but like, nah, you gotta, it's when you, I don't know. I've never thought about it. I've I had neither. Never thought about the question of. I think this is the so problem, man. We don't think about these. Pe- yeah, a man. Never once thought about. And it. what is being a man? We could start there. It's all those kinds of things. But what I did like about what Shad said, he was he was talking about a time when any person stops thinking about them as the sole purpose of being on this earth and actually have to look after other people. I think that's becoming an adult, right? And when you. When you realise that this world doesn't actually revolve around you and that you have to stay up late and put the dishes in the dishwasher or you have to, you you know, you want to be lazy and sit on the couch, but you actually have to go and cook a meal for your kids and, and your wife, that to me signifies a moment in your life, not of being a man, but certainly of adulting and how you have to be an adult. But then you're limited on the fact of, hey, what if I don't have kids? True. How do I become a man? Oh, again, it's not that, that you just have this understanding that the world no longer just revolves around you. Right, right, right. That's why I always just try and double down on like some concepts that are in my mind, so that if I um, if I pull up short, it, it kind of saves me. For example, the idea of when well, you never arrive, you're always becoming. <laughs> it's part of the journey. It's not so the when it's the journey. someone asks me to barbecue and I can't really do that, you know, I don't feel bad. I'm just like, well, hey, look, I'm not there yet. Just become <laughs> it's part of my journey, though. <laughs> you know, someone asked me to back a trailer. 
100 meters. Hey, I'm oh. just, I'm becoming. I'm becoming. You know? You do it. I'll watch. I, I think. I'm learning. One thing that, um, and obviously, it's a very loaded question, Matoma. Um, not in a bad way, but it's, what is a man, right? You're going to have a different, um, you're going to have different thought on that based on your upbringing, based on the type of men that were, uh, were able to model hopefully good stuff but bad stuff for you too mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get to that age where people tell you and it's and it's and it has a sense of truth to it that you're not your experiences at some point your your choices now so that's what you have to <gasps> deal with and you have to back that trailer up a hundred meters say that again that was good you're not your experiences anymore you're now like your choices like and even that's like complicated right because how do you if you've had bad experiences, it's it's hard not to. If if you haven't had the help or managed to um, understand yourself more, that's why the com- concept of like you know growing and understanding yourself and knowledge of self is important because once you can um, see clearer of why you are where you are, you're able to make better choices that don't just feel like feelings. Like this happened to me so this is why I act like this totally and your experiences form those choices right will help form what choices you're about to make so it's all intertwined but yeah, man, that but was that, a, that's a good saying I'm writing that down I'm keeping that for life yeah but that's why this, this conversation's hard right it's because there is no necessarily there's no place to arrive on this mm. um, it's just it's just experiencing it's, it's, just, it's experiences and, and depending on who you're talking to or, or who's asking the question you know, it, it requires that level of space and Literary, sensitivity yeah. and, and and understanding, and then and then you know, yes. Yeah, so yeah, such a big topic. I don't know, but I just feel like getting that out of my head. Like that was good. That you was left off with, with a golden nugget. I like that. You're well, a man, Mark. Why don't we just go around once and say one thing that we think makes you a good man? I. Loved what was suggested in the original clip. I do think it's got something to do with being able to, it's going to sound rude, but shelve your own ambitions and actually live for others because you understand Thanks. where you fit. You're comfortable with where you fit in the puzzle of, the, of your world and that makes you that makes you a good man. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, pretty bloody spot on. But mine, I was living the, the freest of lives before winter got here. But it was also the freest of life without purpose. Mm. And so now winter's here and I feel like I've got all this purpose in the world. I had all the fun in the world, but now I have all this purpose. And the responsibility that he was talking about is, yeah, I've never really thought about it, but man, maybe that's when everything's starting to change and your boy become a man. Mm-mm. Still learning though. Still have, I have absolutely no idea. Is anyone still wrote becoming. A, still still becoming. becoming. Anyone wrote a book? Can I read a book or something? <laughs> it's still becoming, yeah. What about you, June? Um, I'm still caught up on arm wrestling, eh? If you've if you got, you got a weak arm, you need to work on that. Yeah, just get a strong arm for arm wrestling. That's um, me. Speaking of winter, Brooke. Yes. Your lump. Let's, go, let's give more than that. Mm. Yeah, let's give a little more than that. Uh, guys, I've had a lump on my uh, on my neck, some of the left side, and I've probably had it for like two, maybe even three years now. Went to the doctors. I didn't know it was two or three years. Yeah, but it's been a while. I thought it was like recently. No, 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 no. It's only recently started to grow, and oh. it's yeah, it's getting bigger. And I never would have cared before. I I promise you, I would have seen it and be like, ah, it's all right. Like it's just a little growth in the neck. I went to uh, I went to my doctor and. 
she sent me away to get an ultrasound. So I had the ultrasound last week and I still haven't got the results back. But I'm sitting in this place of uh, unease at the moment, I guess, of just the unknown. And the reason that I'm sitting there like that is because I went and I had this ultrasound and she puts all this gel on your neck. You've never seen more gel in your life. Well, actually, maybe you two have seen more gel in your life. <laughs> but I've never seen more gel in my life. What does that, what does that mean? I don't know. And she, uh, so she goes over the lump, right? And once you put it on the lump, right? Put on, yep. <laughs> but she goes over that and um, does all the tests, and I can see it. It's kind of like an ultrasound when when you're having a baby, or you know, it's like you can see it all happening. And she finishes, and at the end of it, she goes, "Just where it's sitting, I'm just gonna go out. I'm gonna go and ask somebody if I should do your whole neck." And it just didn't fill me with any confidence at all because I thought if you've been doing this job for so long, I feel like you would know the answer to that. That you should just jump into it and you should give it a go. Anyway, she wanders out for a good ten minutes, and I'm just sitting there. Uh, thinking, okay, oh my god, this is, this is it. Like I have to start telling people, oh my god, I've something's wrong. Uh, mm. I have to call the boys and be like, hey, we gave it a good go. Eight months, that's a show. Like you always just think the worst, right? <laughs> and and it was probably only two minutes, but it felt like ten minutes. Anyway, she came back and uh, she did the rest of my neck, and she left. She left like um, uh, in a way that wasn't didn't give me hope in any way, shape, or form. It was more like a comforting mum. And I don't know if she knew what she was doing, but she 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 left me with what felt like a hug, but it's not what I needed at that time. And it happened so quickly, and she walked out and just said, hey, uh, your GP will be in touch. And I haven't heard back from the GP yet. Oh, my God. And so that's this uh, uh, weightless feeling that you have at the moment that you're helpless, that you can't do anything, because I've just been sitting there thinking the worst of, holy jamoli. What is in my neck? What does this mean? I've heard so many bad stories. You go straight to Auntie Google and that doesn't help at all. No. They tell you everything that you don't want to hear. So I've just been sitting in the spot and I, you know, you pray above that there's nothing else I can do right now, but you get the results back that you want to hear. But just this last three days has felt like an eternity. Mm. But it's in the nicest of possible ways. It's also been uh, a kick in the ass or it's not healing, but. Let's just say, for hypothetical sake, that this is the worst possible outcome. Th- now you've got to go live your life, right? Now you have no choice. Now you don't have much time. And I'm praying that it's not, but hopefully I can keep that outlook of you just never know when your time's up. So just bloody live it while you're here. And I hope and I pray that that's what the answer's going to be and then I can keep to live that life. Because like the rest of us, I can get caught in the 9 to 5, the day-to-day Damn, it's 2024 already. Oh, my God, it's 2030, and life just shoots you by. So I hope that it goes the way that I I can see it happening in my head and everything's A-OK, and I can continue to live that life. But if it doesn't, I have been sitting in this space Mm. for the last three or four days, and it's felt like an eternity. I feel bad that I didn't actually know the severity of it. It's one of those ones, though, right? Like you have to get to this point, and there has to be a camera, and there has to be a mic. Because I don't want anyone else to feel uh, any sort of sorrow for me before the case, right? I don't want to. I don't want anyone to be there. And this is probably the wrong way to look at it. It's probably. I. It's been a hell of a couple of days. It's not the wrong way, bro. I feel like it's the no natural way. way. It's the natural way to look yeah. at it. But also, like, if I reached out to someone, and was like, "Hey, man, like, this is what's happening. I mm-hmm. hope that it's okay." Even just talking about it gives you so much more, right? Why does it have to get to this point now when there's all the lights and the cameras? It's just it's just how it works. But I also don't want to put a burden on someone else before it happens. Uh, You're going to be fine, bro. 
Yeah, right. You're gonna be fine. But that's that. That's just a weird pocket to sit in for a while. Can I? Let's make a positive of this then, and let's shout out to all our shifters who are who may be holding off going to a doctor on something. Facts. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like we are bad at that. We are terrible as men, and uh, and being the men's den, it's a good chance to actually. What is it that pushes you to go? It's usually, for me, it's my wife. She'll go, right, I've already booked it. You're going, and it's here. That's how bad I am at it as well. Same. So, yeah. I oh, think- well, but let's, well, let's go a step deeper, right? Like, why is that? It's because I think there's this deep fear that a lot of men I know that, you know, my dad's the same. I can't stand the doctor. You know, it's this idea of, like, I'd rather run myself into the wall and be told I can't run through the wall anymore than to, like, put myself through, um, you know, going to the doctor and having to deal with the space that you're dealing with right now, bro. Mm. That, like, unknown. The and fear so of the I, unknown I think, you know, we, we can't talk about one without the other, right? Is that That's what, like, it's not because men just don't like the colour on the walls and the doctors. It's because we're, for some men, a lot of men actually, if you look at the statistics, if we go to the doctor, they're dealing with that anxiety of like, well, if I can't, keep moving forward, who else is going to be able to do this and move forward for, mm-hmm. you know, Vano okay. or my partner or myself, you know? And so... Any sign of weakness, right? It looks like a sign of weakness if you're at the doctor, if you have uh, things hooked up to you while you're at the hospital, and maybe we wouldn't be there if we were there earlier, but just, I think, it's even, the, that was me, like, it was a sign of weakness of me going to the hospital because I don't know what happens after. Yeah. I don't want people visiting me after. I feel like and, used- and, like, you just go there without even having to go there. I, I, I just want to, like, I just want to unpack that a little bit. Like, I think we always paint, what is it? You paint the brush. You don't like, we use the word weakness so much. But I actually think it's like, sometimes it's actually hopelessness. It's anxiety. It's, um, it's, those, those are the, those are the underlying feelings that are so human. The anxiety. That so actually strong. make us feel weak. But it's just like, sometimes we need to, there's nothing wrong with feeling like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to feel a bit hopeless if I find out the wrong. Thing I want to get, um, you know, anxiety and things like that. So it's not always shouldn't we shouldn't always translate those feelings as weakness. I think I, I know what you're saying. I yeah. think it's actually the biggest sign of strength. Mm. Like I think it's even talking about uh, mental health and when you want to go there, but even just going to the doctor is just a huge sign of strength as well. We look at it how we look at it, but we got to paint the picture a little bit different. 100%. So yeah, that's been me, man. It's been- <laughs> oh, my boy. But I'm sure it's gonna be fine. You know, I'm sure we're gonna be sweet. I'll, I'll keep you updated. Um, but yeah, that's about that's about it, man. Oh man, we're it's gonna all, be all right. Bro. Yeah, it's gonna be all right. You can be good, my man, and we'll be here for you. Jordan, got oh. anything, man? <laughs> I think we're good. I think we're good. I think we had some, some good discussions today. I'll save mine for the next time. But book, I didn't know. I think even you were hiding that from us how long it's been Facts. a little bit. So I mm. love you, bro, and thank you for telling us it's going to be fine. Don't you worry. We're going to be all right. I've, I've been with my husband for seven years, married for three years. I knew from day one that he was work-orientated and had to work hard to achieve his financial goals. It took me some time to accept this as I've always believed in being in the now in case tomorrow never comes, whereas he is preparing for a life to be easier later on. Since we got married, we moved to another city, but he still works in the first city, so we are basically doing long distance. For two years now, he has said that next year will be the year he will be more at home and that he wants to slow down, but at the time, at the same time, he keeps getting more work. Next year will be the third year of me living by myself and us doing long distance, only seeing my husband on the weekends. Is it wrong for me to feel like this is 
the last straw and that he needs to commit to his word. Thanks for all the last guys. Happy, um, keen to hear your thoughts. I just want to start by saying thanks so much for... Great question. ...for writing this in. This is like a very sensitive topic and a personal topic. I don't know if we can help, but what a, what a difficult situation to be in. I get both sides of the story. Uh, and I think as time goes on, I, I can only speak on my personal point of view. I've had to pull back on a lot of things outside in terms of um, like external work that I was doing because I felt like I was missing out on so much time. And it's such a personal thing. It takes you so long to be able to be like, oh, yeah, I want to spend more time here as opposed to making money for my family is the most important thing. I think I was looking at it as like a vehicle to success was working really hard and having money. But I think the actual vehicle to success is being happy at home with your family and you don't miss out on so much time. But everybody's different when you find out which one's which and what's important to you. And uh, it's such a, whew, it's a Rubik's Cube to try and work out. Yeah. I've, I, I do understand where she's coming from. Though. I absolutely understand. Yeah, I for me, I think sometimes in life we do need to know and hear from other people that this isn't a struggle that you face alone in your relationship. I kind of feel like mm. this is something, I can relate to this in a, in a very big way in the sense that that's a common argument that my wife and I have is that I spend too much time uh, doing work and that's the thing and I'm like well if I don't do work now it's not going to be able to I won't be able to pick those fruits later on in the, in the you know when, when the fruit's ready so I'm going to have to work really hard and that's a constant thing within me and my life and, and my relationship too so sometimes when you hear other people are going through the same struggles it actually helps to begin with but I also think um you guys are perfectly matched. You want somebody who lives in the now and you want somebody who's working for your future. And sometimes there just needs to be a bit of a recalibration between you and your partner about just how important his work is for your future and just how much you want to be living in the now and just make sure that you both feel heard. I don't think it's a dead end and I certainly don't think this is it. I think what you need to realise is that you are with somebody who is concerned about your future and that's a really, really good thing. Because you could be with someone who also lives in the now and you would have nothing in your yeah. future. Well, well, that's just an assumption. But yeah. I love I love the point you made there about, around you should not feel alone um, in bringing this up. You know, this, this happens a lot. Um, it's hard because we, we can only talk about what's on the page, right? Mm. On what's, what's being written through. Um, when I heard that, I thought one thing. There, there is, this is a particular kind of kind of man. And the way he's being described is um, you can't fault him for wanting to prepare for the future, right? I think there's these innate things in, in men that we have that is like, I need to make sure Provide. I need to sacrifice now and I need you to sacrifice now so that later on down the track, we can we can have an easier life. I think that's obviously what's being talked about here. But if I was going to push any deeper there, there are some men where they have an inner voice that is informed by the life that they had before they met you. Mm. And that voice is so loud. Loud. And that voice can be informed by what their family looked like, what their parenting looked like. How they were taught. The experiences that made them who they are. And sometimes... When the experiences aren't so great, that inner voice becomes the loudest voice. And when you get married, and this I'm just speculating here, 
when you get married, what I what I've seen can happen is you need to ask for permission to talk back to that voice, and and to and to set up an environment where you can communicate, babe. I know that you are doing the best you can, but there are still things that there are still needs that I need met because we we can we can get there one day, and we won't have a marriage mm. in the house that is on freehold. We won't be even be together, you know. So it's all those it's all those tough things. But th- those are th- you know these are very. <laughs> I'm only speculating here. I'm not saying that this is that type of situation. But sometimes, and I don't know what the answer is there. I think sometimes, you know, we're we're just there's just there's that drive in us that that comes from the life that we've had before, and we need sometimes in relationships to go, you know what. You're not actually responsible for that. So how do I how do I let you know this is how I'm feeling? How can we come up with more solutions together? Well, that's just understanding and comms, right? Mm-hmm. I think once it gets to a certain point, you stop with the comms, and that's when it gets really hard because you have these uh, conversations with yourself. You paint this narrative, but understanding and comms need to be at an all-time high, especially when you're going through something like this. I reckon also, I say. yeah, take a moment to understand and remember just how great you guys are together. Stay think, in it. Yeah, stay in it and just think about this. This is this is a this should feel, and I know it doesn't right now, but this should feel like it's a very small thing that you guys can both get through if you understand the strengths of each other and you understand the strength of yourselves. Yeah. Tough. Thank you for writing in. Timeouts, uh, trying to teach, you know, your children to control their their tempers or emotions in public. It's just I don't know, it just got me thinking. The world is tough enough as it is and you're getting all this advice from people. I kind of feel like so long as you're trying your hardest and you know you're trying your hardest, man, we just got to give each other a break when it comes to parenting. Like it's it's really tough. It's hard, man. It's so hard and you get told so many different things that you need to be doing and you're like, man, am I doing the right thing? And then you find out two weeks later that that's the wrong thing to be doing. I just think... As we close in on Christmas and we close in in the end of 2023, I think give ourselves a bit of a break when it comes to being great parents and also give each other a break. Sure, we need to look out for each other and we need to look out for you know other kids as well, but man, for those who are doing it hard and, and really trying to make sure that their little human that they have in their house is you know trying to fit in and make sure that they are a good human being at the end of all of this, give yourself a break because... You know, you'll try one thing and then you'll be told two weeks later that it might not be the best. I actually, um, just going off the back of Dr. Gabor, he's got this amazing quote on parenting and it's, the parent's primary task beyond providing for the child's survival requirements is to emanate a simple message to the child in a word, deed, and most of all energetic presence that he or she is precisely the person they love, welcome, and want. Mm. And I feel like that's... You know, that presence thing, that trying thing. I actually, as you just said that, Matomak, I kind of like rejigged your words a bit. I'm like, let's take a let's let's take a break off life and jobs and double down on parenting this summer. Yeah, yeah. You know? Hey, like obviously I know what you're saying, Mark, in terms of like so much information, so much that you have how so many plates you're having to juggle. Um and let's let let those other plates drop, you know, a little bit. This summer, and you know, it's, it's so amazing how much how much little a kid needs sometimes. In a moment of just presence, eh? Yeah. Like, yeah. like if you if you actually talk to someone, 
who, who's lucky enough to be in an in, in environment that, that's safe enough, you know, where they're not questioning their safety with their upbringing. There's a handful of times that's like, man, I remember when my dad did that, mm. when my mum did that, that like the best thing that's ever, like, like, you know what I mean? It's not these, it's, and of course you forget the accumulative small moments, but have those moments this summer. And you're right, it, it is so hard to be a parent. I've actually had parent guilt at the moment. A little bit. I don't even know if that's actually what I'm trying to explain, but I think about my parents and how they've raised me. And I like, I, I just, I have so much admiration for those who don't have that and are great parents and are trying. Because I just, I don't know any foundation other than what I've had. And even what, and what I've had, you know, I still feel like I'm like I'm missing. Like I, I, even sometimes, like when I look after my son, and I like tell him I love him over and over again. I like sometimes choke up, like just thinking about it because I imagine like, are there like these precious children that like don't get this? Mm. How does a child not get this? Like I, I, I remember like I was playing with my son the other day, and he felt so. He was, we were, we were play fighting. And I was just like, there, there are children that don't get this. Like, how is it, how is it humanly possible? And I know that for heaps of other reasons, that's the case. But it's like, parenting's really confronting sometimes. It is. It helps yeah. open up doors that you didn't even know you had a doorway for. Oh, uh, bro. I know for me with Ava, like, I think... The, as soon as I held her in my arms, the first time I held her, That's a rat. I thought to myself, how on earth mm. could anyone have me adopted? Why would, why would I ever be given up for adoption? Like, how could this not be the most magical moment? And that does that confronting thing where you look in the mirror and go, I've had my chance in life to, and well, I'm not saying had my chance, and I'm still doing it, but you, you, you've got those first years in your lives as you, if you don't have kids in it, to find who you are and know all about yourself. Because when the child comes, and I remember when, when Ava was first put in my arms, I was like, okay, she's going to need some strength here. Mm. And if I don't have that strength because I'm still searching, you know, I'm going to have to work hard to get, get myself to a place yeah. where, it all, where it all works out. But, um, yeah, magical. John, I made a good point of being present over the break. The best thing I did this year, and I, yeah, we started this. Yeah. We, we did the morning shift, and I say this with love. The best thing I did this year was I put my phone down. I haven't talked about it since we did it, but I have made, it's easy now. Like I, I don't spend much time on the phone when I'm at home. And I promise you, parents out there, I know it's easy to sit on your phones, but you will not regret it. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing that I know I haven't regretted this year. I always try to be as present as I can. I find myself thinking about work way too much, just being blunt and honest. But Jordan is right. Over the break, if you get a chance, I encourage you, the best smile I got all year is from him. Yeah, presents is the best present this Christmas. Come on. Bro, kids kids need reps, eh? They don't need, like, sometimes because they're though, so bro. busy, you go get them the big toy. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. Or the big day at Rainbow's in, if you can't, like, you know, and I'm not saying that we are allowed to do that. But those daily reps, if you can, they like add up, five man. minutes, they add up, eh? 100%. Fuck and you felt we it, sound, man. We sound like we're like parent experts. But no, we're just sharing now, man. We're just sorry, sorry, man. man. I'm sorry. And everyone's different. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. Show up with love. Show up with love for your kids. Yeah. Drop the life and the busyness and, and uh, 
pick up the parenting this summer. That's us, all of us. I had a meeting with someone today and I realized I had no real attachment to what I said. And even more so, I just communicated my point terribly with you. You were right to feel a type of way about it because I was wrong and I was attempting in what I was attempting to say. Um, we may just need some space, uh, which I think is good, but love you, bro. And we'd had a pretty hard conversation before I'd, I'd messaged. And um, I messaged him at night and he messaged me the next morning. He said, Morena my dub. He said, I expressed disappointment. <laughs> he said, I expressed disappointment only because I think so highly of you, George. Very few people I truly believe in and you're one. I love you too, bro. It's hard communicating as a man in this day and age, but let's try to figure it out together. Um, conflict is good when we can do this. Um, I apologize for the way I handed things too. I don't know why I'm getting emotional about that, but... I do. Yeah. I just think friends, like, they... We need to remember that friends, some friends, they, they're owed that, that kind of apology, you know? And, and when... You can soften yourself and you can, you know, when I said sorry to my mate, the why I felt good about it was I remember sending the message and I was like, I feel really good about what I just said. Like, I feel so good about what I just said. Like, I, I was able to acknowledge that I, I said something wrong. I don't even relate to those things that I said at that point and, I, and I've communicated in a bad way. If my bro doesn't want to talk to me anymore, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. And, like, to get that response back was just like a reminder of, like, this is what life looks like. This is what friendships look like, you know? And sometimes it's freaking difficult. But if you can push through that, you know, reconciliation is like a really beautiful thing. And I was just reminded of that. I was just reminded of that in the last in the last couple months. And I um, I don't know if that's that's hitting. I know there are people listening right there and you you may have fallen out with a family member or a friend. And I'm not talking about the ones where, you know, that are potentially toxic and, and nothing can really move. But if there's if there's a movable space where you need to reach out or you need to hold space. And if anything, just for you, just for you to feel like, I feel good about that. I actually was in the wrong. And I'm glad I can own that. Whatever they do with that after this, cool beans. But, yeah, that's what I wanted to say today. Forgiveness, ownership, reconciliation. Let us never forget that, like, we always talk about the high, the high points and, and, and all of that, but this is another, this is an equally important thing in friendships. Maybe even more well. so. Yeah. Can I, uh, John, that's, um, you're a, you're a unique friend to me. Your level of friendship Same. is very different. I don't know if you know this, and we've probably never told you this, Brooke and I, but your level of friendship runs at a level that I'm never, I've never, ever, and maybe it was my upbringing and maybe that's just who I am as a person, but I've never ever reached the depth of friendship that I've had with you. And you really do treasure friendships in a way that I admire and, and want to do better with as well. I always felt like it's me versus the world growing up. It's, you know, I, I'll be a part of a crew and try and do the best for that crew as I possibly can and then it'll move on in the next thing. But you're, you're the person who has taught me more about friendships than I have ever known. <laughs> and you're younger than me. You know what I mean? And so when I hear you speak like this, it resonates on a different level for me in my life because I sit there and think, yeah, Jordan will. Jordan is super passionate. Jordan is this guy. 
And sometimes you and I can have dust-ups and we get lost in the, in the smoke, but then we come back together and we sit there and go, we both know what we want for each other and it's only the best. Mm. And you've got that on a level with so many people. Like You've got a tight crew, absolutely, but the depth of your friendships is beyond anything I've ever experienced in my life. Mm. And I appreciate that in you. Thank you, brother. I don't want it to feel like an I don't want it to feel like an anomaly, though, right? Like this is, and it, it, it is in some points. Like I'm very gift, like I'm very blessed. The, the parents that I have, I, I had so much. Um, growing up, I was allowed to be like so emotional. Like I was allowed, like we were allowed to unpack and talk about any of our emotions. So like growing up now as an adult, I don't have, I don't have fears about speaking through these things. But if that wasn't your bringing, I just want us to know that friends like this. Friendships like this can exist. Moments like that can exist. If we care, if we're able to go, man, it's okay, I was wrong. Like, I need to say sorry. Like, go on to apologize to your, to your friend or your... You good? Your brother, your sister, your mom, or like... Oh, you good? It's just important to, um, to bro, I don't want to get this emotional, but it's just, it's important in this day and age, like, it just seems, everything seems so rough out there, you know, like, and just, it just feels so amazing when you let it go, when you go and get something right with your friend, or your, or your a fan member, or whatever, it's, it's, it's just a reminder I wanted to give us shifters today, you know. Um, sorry, Brooke. I'm cutting you off. Did you want to say something? <laughs> no, no. You, it's nice to hear, man. I think you tell me when to stop, but no, you. Uh, I think if you look at what we're doing here at the morning shift, it seems sunshine and rainbows. And I mean, we're very lucky. But for Jordan, Markham, even myself, like it hasn't always been that easy. It was a scary start to this year. And uh, I know Jordan better than most. And it's been a ride, man. Mm. The last couple of years for this boy here has been, no one will probably ever know. Very few will ever know. And you're right. You are a unique individual. And that <laughs> passion that you have, you can hold on to. Pisses me off. Oof. My mic's on, sorry. <laughs> but you're right to come on the other side and to hear the word forgiveness come out of your mouth. Mm. And not even to hear it, I can see it right now. It is a, it is a, I tip my hat to it. And you're right, friendship is such a unique thing. And my uh, friendship circle is very, very tight and it's very small. And this is how much I cherish the friendship that we have mm. is roll the dice, man. Roll the dice doing this. I had I had just had a baby mm. and yeah. I had a job. Yeah. And my brother over here came and said, hey, we can do something. Mm. And I tell you, there's probably one or two people I would have done it with. <laughs> and And you're one of them. And Mark's right, man. You are a unique friend. One of the best, 
you make us question way too much. <laughs> way too much. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it. So um, I'm glad you did that, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you could realize that I need to have this conversation with someone. I'm glad you brought it up today so people can go, okay, maybe before Christmas or maybe before New Year's. I'm sorry you lost me halfway through it because I was thinking to myself, there's one person that I know I need to go and I, I have mm. to have a chat with. Mm. And I was thinking about that mm. for a, a good portion good. of what you were talking about. But I, I can see her face and right after this, I need I know I need to go and have a chat with her. So what you did was important. I'm glad you brought that up. No, I love you. And just as you're talking there, like, you're right, like, couple years been arrived for me like stuff (laughs) no one needs to know about like i know about it and you're right like i forgot i forgot that like when you go through stuff like you become numb and you convince yourself that like the only emotion that's needed for me to get through is just like hardness there's like hardness that needs to push me through because if every if everything can be felt like survival is just not really an option in this season, you know. Yeah, what I mean? fight or and this is people that go through this. You'll know what I'm talking about. It's like just stay hard. That's that's everyone hate like they love to talk about men being vulnerable and not being hard, but they don't me- ever merit how sometimes hardness is the only survival technique on why people get through shit. Um, but it's not the only tool we need to have. And I'm just recognizing in, in this season that I'm in to to feel um, truly to feel again, you know, mm-hmm. and to and to and to not be hard. And so you're right, like yeah, what, you, what you're saying, I forgot, you know. But I'm I am coming into a season where <sighs> feeling I don't want to say soft. I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> Soft ain't the right word. Right, ain't the right word, but it's just the word I'm gonna use. Like mm. it is, but it is the right. Looks word. good on you, man. It is the right word, right? Yeah, because. Oi, how good is soft though? What soft brings so much? Oh, soft enriches your life at, at a level that you'll never ever truly know until you let the wolves down, mm. and you embrace soft, and you feel the the pain, you feel the the warmth as well. Like it's a, yeah. And that that survival mechanism, I know every dude listening, and a lot of females as well, hundred percent, will sit there and go, they resonate. Probably more so, man. And especially, Mm, you know what? Here we are getting lost in Christmas and what to buy this and that. Imagine just reconnecting, just reconciliation, Reconciliation. Christmas presents, you know, (laughs) forgiveness. I swear. And so, yeah, I just, I just wanted to remind us shifters: if you're not there, you're not there. That's fine. But if you are. As a reminder, go and go and make right with that person. Or just they do your it, part. Or d- do your part. Don't worry about their response. O- own what you need to own, and and just be okay with that. But I I promise you, it'll it'll be a weight off your shoulders, and I and I want that for all the shifters. So I thank you, man. Good luck on you. Thank you, brother. Thank you for my therapy session Hands. today. Hands. Father's Day Sunday, gentlemen. It is Father's, Father's Day. Father's Day's Sunday. on Sunday. Mm-mm. It's not time. It's a strange one for us, I think, because <laughs> you kind of do like go through life as fathers, and all three of us are fathers, not expecting 
to receive anything or be uh, told, you know, you're great at any way. So we're it's not, kind of the way, eh? Yeah, we don't, go, right. we don't go in with great expectations, and if we don't, you know, receive anything, we're kind of like, oh, yeah. All good. Everyone's yeah. happy. Into another year before Father's Day again. 100. Um, but I found a couple of sayings that I really resonated, and um, this is to go out to all the dads who are listening right now. And I hope that your Father's Day is everything you want it to be, and more. Uh, but this one here was pretty cool. It was a... Uh, this was a website that was getting quotes from different famous people, and I don't, I don't want to name the famous person per se, but I do want to, you know, pass a, a little, a little moment with what they wrote. This one here says, "My father used to play with my brother and me in the yard. Mother would come out and say, you 'You 'You're tearing up the grass,' and he would reply, 'We're not raising grass, we're raising boys.'" Mm. Jordan, you gone. I, I actually put something up on my threads uh, last night and people um, commented. I just thought I'd just, off the back of that, Mark, just share a bit of good, goody father chat. Uh, I said, for those lucky enough to have good fathers, what will you always appreciate most about them? Um, someone said, the standard they set for showing what a good man should be in a partner. Um, someone who's a UFC fighter actually replied and said, all of the hidings that I got so that I didn't become soft. <laughs> Like some of these people I see out here today, I was like, well, relax. Um, someone said, for always putting us first before himself and his growth as the head of our family, favorite man on earth. Um, someone said, taught me the standard of what type of men I should reciprocate love slash have influence in my life and how to handle finances and assets too. That was a big one. Mm. I was like, love that. But um, yeah, I just thought, I don't know if we're going to have a chance just to shout out dads before Sunday, but shout out all the good dads. I always remember a story. There was a counsellor that I used to know who worked at prisons. And um, she said Mother's Day was, was always inundated with, you know, um, letters like all the inmates. But on Father's Day, <laughs> um, there was never any. And it was it's not even about, like, yeah, if you have a bad dad, it's not always seen as something to kind of, like, dad's all right. It's kind of more like there's the other thing of, like, dad's right. You know, dads often you get them something and they just get annoyed about it, eh? They're like, what did you give me that for? Yeah. And they're like, and I just... Someone asked me, they said, we're talking about this. They said, what What should I get my dad for Father's Day? And I just, as a suggestion, I know for me, my dad just wants us around. Bro. Mm. Without saying i got to rush off, without being on my phone, without just if I can go sit for a meal, just be around dad. He loves watching me talk with my mum. He loves seeing our siblings hang out or just have a chat. And then... Maybe have a cup of tea and then that's it. Like I know, like in the Father's Day, like buying and all that's really good. But I think if, you, if your dad is still around, he just wants to see you home if you can be. Mm. I think that would be real awesome. There's a famous saying to end it, and it says, it's around dads. Dads are most ordinary men turned by love into heroes, adventures, storytellers, and singer of songs. Happy Father's Day this Sunday, gentlemen. Happy Father's Day. Mm. Father's Day. It's the best, man. It really is the best. 100%. What is, what is Winter and Wolf getting us? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check on your people. Love you.